Welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast, where I chat with creatives from all walks of life and discuss their art, art in general, topics that may translate into the creative fields. Once again, I'm accompanied by my great friend, fellow creative, musician, God among men, extraordinaire, and all-around super dude, Paul Ramey. How you hey, doing? Hey, that's a lot to live up to. That is a lot. Hey, you know what today is? It is a Sunday. It's Cinco de Mayo. Really? Yeah, so we're having a good old American beer. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Before everybody did, tunes did, out. Didn't we already try this? We did try this. It's all I had. I didn't, you know, mowing the grass, the rain. I, I didn't hate this. You know, and I, I don't really celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Why not? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, it's, do you know what it is? Yeah. What is it? The 5th of May. <laughs> you are I, season your. I, without, without. <laughs> I with, sound like Slowpoke Rodriguez with, on, uh, uh, you know, the yeah, Looney Tunes I, character. It is uh, something to do. No I think it's like their 4th of July and it's a, they no, won a battle. Then they no. went, or maybe not for independence, but in the. Yes, the, uh, it is not independence. That's right. what I'm getting at. It was, um. It was like, uh, I wanted to say the Alamo, but it's definitely not that. No, but it's a... Uh, and and it's there a, went all of our Texas <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, it's the celebration of a, of a certain battle, I'm pretty sure. But that's as far yeah, as I know. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, they, it's, um, you know, and I got it right here in front of me. Well, you're uh, cheating. You asked me a question. <laughs> I know. Battle of Puebla, right? They defeated yeah, the Pablo French. Yeah, Escobar. Oh, <laughs> no. Pebla. Oh. Puebla, maybe. Oh, okay. P-U-E-B-L-A. If anybody listening wants to correct me, go ahead. And I, that's great because I don't speak Spanish. I, I don't speak English pronunciations um, very well. So, But <laughs> I will tell you, what? Mexico's Independence Day is September 16th. Another oh. reason to drink, right? Right, that's good. But anyway, 1862. Yes, May 5th, 1862, under the leadership of Ignacio Zaragoza. Uh, they defeated the French. So that's why they celebrate it. Uh, I guess we've been celebrating it here in the States since 1863, uh, starting in California, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's mainly turned into a, a holiday of drinking, which is okay with me. I'd like to see the stats on Corona just for, you know, Cinco de Mayo. I read through this and, uh, this is the second most important sales day for alcohol. The Super Bowl being the first, really, even yeah. ab- even above uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. Now that's interesting. So I challenge out to all of my Irish friends, <laughs> step it up a bit, please. <laughs> no, not to get off topic here, but uh, well, we haven't even got on topic mm-hmm. yet. But speaking of Independence Day, I've always thought it'd be interesting to to uh, be in England on July the 4th and just, yeah. you know, I mean, and there went all of our English. <laughs> no, but you know, there's Americans that live over there and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all friends now. Oh I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It was, you know, it was a misunderstanding. I don't think it's too soon. No, so it, was, I, it was George King George. You know, he was just an idiot. It was one of them. I, they can't help it. Too many, too much, too much breeding but in if, the same line. If we have maybe. any Americans, that's uh that's over in the, <laughs> In England, how do you guys celebrate uh, July the Fourth? I'm just kind of curious. They drink tea. I don't know. Drink tea. They they hang the flag out. (laughs) They celebrate the tea party and realize it wasn't really about a party. I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to think about. Any of our British friends listening, uh, help me out. English. I should say English. I don't want to include everybody in Britain because some because it's great. Yeah, some of them are pretty happy we did what we did. And never mind. Let's move on. Today's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love it today's topics just so you know we're going to talk about pareto's law if you don't know what that is it's fine stick around uh i want to talk a little bit about the hustle i want to know if paul thinks it's just another fad i already know what i think we'll get there and uh lastly i want to talk a little bit about choices i wrote a blog post uh yesterday as a matter of fact uh, may the fourth be with you is what I called it because May the 4th, it's Star Wars Day. But uh, it was it was about choices, and uh, it's kind of interesting how a select few choices can really change someone's career path. But uh, those are the three things I want to talk about. So, uh, Paul. Yeah. Have you heard of Pareto's Law? It, it seems familiar, but, you know, as usual, I'm uh, 
virgin ears to okay. the uh, subject at hand. So. Well, for you and, and some of our listeners who may not be aware, uh, Pareto, come up with a, a kind of a rule. It's a, I really hate to call it a rule, it, based on 80-20. So it applies to a lot of things. And it actually works out mathematically for takes even- takes 20% of the effort to get 80% of the results, something like no, that. No, no. 80% of your effort, your results, 80% of your results comes from 20% of your effort. Okay. It kind of rings a bell. Yeah. So, and, and I guess you could flip it if your effort's bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, let me let me get into details here on this. I, I pulled it up so we could look at it. It's also known as the law of the vital few and the principle of factor sparsity. Um, uh, Vilfredo Pareto. He was an economist, an Italian economist, and he started out, uh, I think it was 1800 something. I don't know. I'm really bad about skimming. We need a fact checker. Do you think Dax would let us borrow his? I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of like to have I think, a, I think she's brilliant. I'd like to have a young intern. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can probably pull that off. That'd be fun. Wouldn't, oh, that, it? wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. She's just sitting over in a corner going, shaking her head. No, guys, no. Bunch of old perverts. Anyway, uh, 1896 is uh, what I'm looking for here. 1896, he went through and did his thing and said 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. So he started factoring that into other things and looking and uh, trying to decide, Mike, (laughs) I wish y'all had like a camera on us right now. My my youngest cat. Um, I did not name her. We call her Skittles. <laughs> I'm not really crazy about the name, but you know, it's got, she, its, uh, it's got its arm and I, and I know it's supposed to be Paul, but it's literally an arm sticking under the door. Yeah. Like a horror film. Yeah. She's like, let me in. I want to see what you're doing. Way to go Skittles. You my, my animals, show to a halt. My, yeah. My animals are just crazy. The dog, he's mad at us. You know, I yeah. made him sit and lay down. Uh, I did get to see a, Sandhill crane out in my creek earlier today. They're oh, like, a crane, a bird crane. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. huge. They they grow about four feet tall. Oh, yeah. Man, we're getting off topic again. This is so so. I have ADD today or something. No, no offense right. to anybody with that. This this um, how real conversations are. <laughs> at least with my mother. I mean, that's exactly how they go. Yeah, this yeah. yeah. How most conversations. Well, go. Well, so. you could probably say that twenty percent of this podcast will give you eighty percent of what you came to listen to. <laughs> See, you brought it right back. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I haven't even really drank today. What is the deal? Um, I'm having the, the fourth beer in my entire life right now. I'm having this here, this, this uh, delicious 50 West Doom Patrol. Yeah. It's a white ale. Doom Pedal. It's a white ale. Uh, yeah. It's Doom Patrol. It, it's, it's Doom if Patrol. If we drink, got- it's Doom Patrol. <laughs> That's a song, right? It's Dom Patrol. Magnus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doom yeah. Patrol is a... Uh, is it well of course it's fictional but it's a comic book it's oh, a that's dc right. How, yeah, group DC, of like monsters I, that's why i didn't know pretty cool though yeah <laughs> did you go see Endgame? yes i did uh, is anybody listening right now because <laughs> pick a topic guys come on all right all right so did you see it i did did you like it i liked it yeah it was good yeah no spoilers no no spoilers i'll just say that game of thrones tonight yes what about yes. last week it oh was intense. yeah it was i know We'll have to. We waited nine seasons for that. Yeah. (laughs) For a minute, you know, and it's like, it's like the 80 20 rule, only more. Yeah. It's not really giving anything away on that. It was an hour and 20 minutes of a battle Mm -hmm. from start to finish. Impressive, actually. Yeah. And and people were complaining it was too dark. I think uh, to me that when the sun came out, you know, it kind of. It you needed that. I I will say when I was watching it, uh, not I watch it on the um, the I got HBO now, mm-hmm. so I you know I don't watch it through the cable. I watch it. That's on, how I do on, it on my yeah. app. And I was watching it uh, probably fifteen ten minutes in. So a lot of people were were you know watching it at the same time. The compression was pretty bad on it. Yeah, um, and yeah. and you could see it. Now when I rewatched it. Uh, Friday, it wasn't as bad, and it wasn't as bad in the in the dark. Oh, but really? Yeah, I never. Thought yeah, of that. so I think I think that added to it. I mean, it yeah. didn't look horrible, but you could see. Um, yeah, 
it was on the borderline of being an artifact. Well, you know, I watched it on my television and it's a 60 inch. And we have a uh, hundred, we pay for a hundred megabit, hundred megabits per second. Megabyte. Yeah. Megabits. Anyway, we pay too much. And, um, it's probably a little big when I went to look, watch it on my iPhone, you know, with my nose pretty much touching it, it looked great. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, the same here. Worth. It looked better on my 50 plus than it did on my 70, uh, LCD. So yeah. there you go. So about the Pareto's law, sorry about the plosive. Yeah. That's there. where if you open the box, the cat dies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's <laughs> Schroeder. Uh, no, I'm not. Ricky Schroeder's cat. Yeah. That's Ricky right. Schroeder's cat. That's right. <laughs> Listen, we're just uh, yeah. we're, we're just gonna be entertaining today. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. We yeah, gonna get yeah. anything. We yeah, gonna we, get anything done. All right. What is lounge like? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're just kind of hanging out. You know. I'm glad you're here. Did you grab a beer yet? Yeah, at I've home? Tra- not at home. Yeah, at home. People. Listen. Oh, people at home. Yeah. Did they? I'm asking. I can't Shh, listen. Yeah. I don't hear it. No, maybe. No. Can you hear the cars? I don't know if that's going to come through or not. I got the windows open. We live close to a highway. But anyway. All right. Yes. Free, freeway law. for some of you. How does this apply to the arts? Do you do you think, as artists, maybe we're 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 doing too much, trying to? It made me think earlier today when I was putting the notes together at the last minute, like I do. Um, when we look out at social media, and we try to sell ourselves over and over and over again, is there? Out of five platforms, is there one platform that gives you 80% of your return? You know, probably, you know, I, I find Facebook horrible for me, uh, but Twitter, I seem to get a lot more interaction, but I don't really, I, I don't think I've ever sold anything there. Uh, YouTube is kind of useless for me, really. Um, I hate to say that because I really like making videos, but that's another story. Um and then in the case of my art, you know, if I have, if I do oils, uh, charcoal, graphite, watercolor, and pen and ink, which one of those five gives me 80% of my money, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think more in terms of that, you know, maybe, maybe I do need to spend more time on this or that to, to garner more income so that I can spend more time creating the stuff I want to create versus things I feel like I maybe have to create in order to sell it. You know, Mm -hmm. just a thought on that. I mean, I I find that this rule probably works for everything. I've heard people say that. Yeah, I'm not, I've, you talking about that, I never really considered applying it in that way, but as far as like a, when it comes to social media, um, you know, it's the opposite for me and my projects. Facebook is, is really good, um, for us. Mm-hmm. And, but we're very, very calculated of when we post things, how much stuff we post. Um, we do the, um, the ads, the paid ads sometimes. And I, a lot of my peers, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, well, quite frankly, they cry a lot about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're not getting the coverage or, or they don't want to have to do a paid ad or that, you know, this or that. We mm-hmm. don't spend a whole lot of money on it, but it's very important what, what you post, when you post, how often you post and um, and doing that paid mm-hmm. ad once in a while. And I mean, we get, especially in MG Flash, we get um, uh, probably, you know, we definitely get 80% of our stuff out there, you know, through that. But, mm-hmm. but Ryan, especially, he's very calculated and yeah. And how he does it, and uh, we're really careful not to overpost. Too, uh, a lot of bands are are terrible about yeah. posting yeah. so much stuff. Then when there's something pertinent, pertinent, it just it gets it's right. lost, or yeah. you've or you've unfollowed them, or you've uh, uh, put them on snooze. So I think you yeah. have to be careful, but you also got to post enough that you stay in your algorithm. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, if you got something big and you want people to see. Um, maybe look at your posts and say out of, you know, which one out of five gets the most results. And then you start focusing on that type, right. You know, moving forward. I I wonder too, as you were saying that, 
out of 10 songs, do you have two that really give you the majority of your followers? You know, I mean, how do you calculate that really? Right. I guess, but it's not really as far as sharing music on there. It's, it's not, it's kind of hit or miss, but I will say like for YouTube and especially for like some of my solo stuff I've posted, um, I've posted things on Facebook that it get 3000 views and it blows my mind and I'll share it on Facebook via YouTube or I'll post on YouTube and I get a hundred and it's just, it's just YouTube's not a big, yeah, big yeah. thing for me either, but yeah. it's nice if I want to just, I post something on YouTube that I want to just email somebody that way it's just easy to yeah. shoot it out to them and, yeah. um, but but on for YouTube, it's it's ninety percent of the work for ten percent of the, the, <laughs> right. the comeback. Well, I I need to say this because uh, you mentioned posting a YouTube link on Facebook. Um, this is a plug for Daryl Eaves. He's a he's a really uh, he's a Jedi Knight basically of uh, YouTube promotion and and understanding the algorithm. Uh, I really really like his videos, and uh, he's a he's a good person. He really is. But uh, he posted, uh, I want to say something uh, around 2013. There was a falling out between Facebook and YouTube, or something. Don't quote me on the on the year, but I know it was back that you know a while ago. You're going to be fact checked on what the year. Yeah the uh, the algorithm apparently does not like it when you put it. You know, basically they don't want you leaving Facebook, right? So I mean that's that's the first ding. And if you put a link to anything. They're, they're not going to like it, but more so if they make you go to YouTube because they're a competitor with Facebook because Facebook wants to put videos out too. They want to have that whole video platform. So, you know, I found that some of my best posts on Facebook have not contained any sort of link outside of Facebook and basically brought everything there. And I kind of had to tweak it a little bit so people knew that they could go to my website to find more without actually giving them a link. Do you ever do a uh, paid uh, yeah. A paid ad? Yeah, I've done you a know, couple. It's like a couple bucks, five yeah. bucks for this and, and you know, yeah. it, it. you can really see the extra 500 views or yes. you know, 1500 sometimes. Yeah. So if you're you get a pretty good return on on a yeah. relatively small investment as long as you don't go overboard. So. Right. I've, I've thought about doing one for the show, an actual All Walks of Art facebook page and and growing it from there but i don't know yet you know might be a good place to share questions and maybe an after after the podcast post you know once it gets uploaded or something talk about it behind the scenes or whatever i share a lot of that with my uh patrons on patreon so um i may do that i don't know might be kind of fun um do you know what may is it's a kind of important personal thing for me. I need to throw this plug in there. Moving on to the next thing. May. Yeah. May is my uh, my stepdad's birthday month. My grandma's oh, birthday that's, month. That's cool. <laughs> Ryan's birthday month. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. Happy birthday, Ryan. Um, but uh, May is Stroke Awareness Month. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I wanted to bring that up because the acronym FAST uh, could save a life. So uh, F is for face drooping. A is for arm weakness, S is for speech difficulty, and T is time to call 911. So if you start experiencing some of those things, and this is obviously not uh, an endorsement for any kind of group or association, I just want to make people aware of it because strokes have affected my family directly and it could save a life. So remember that acronym FAST and look for face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulty, and remember to call it's time to call 911. So, wow. I don't want to get too heavy because I had some thoughts on that and uh, I'm going to let that kind of go. But yeah, just uh, just be aware of that. I'm sure all of you know somebody who's been affected by stroke. The next topic, the hustle. I really want to get into this. We are uh, about 20 minutes into the show. And... I hope we hope we talked about Pareto's law enough. I want people at home to think a little bit about, you know, eighty percent of the results are coming from twenty percent of their effort. Maybe you know, focus on those on those things that are getting them the best effort. By the time you really hunker down on that, I think it's going to help you going forward. It's going to make you more efficient, and I think it ties in really good with the hustle because I'm going to say it. 
I think the hustle is a fad. I think we're busy today to be busy because we think it's important to be busy versus efficient. What do you think? Well, I don't totally disagree. Um, but if, if, if you're, you know, doing quote unquote, the hustle just to, just to be moving mm-hmm. and you're not, if you're not moving towards something, then what, then what are you doing? So, right, right. Yeah. If you're a musician and you're just, it's like these cats talk about, you know, why well, I practiced, you know, eight hours a day. All right, cool. What did you practice? Yeah. What came, what came out of that? I mean, it, it also depends on what your goal is. Yeah. Um, you know, if your goal is purely to build up speed uh, mm-hmm. or um, if, if you're looking at it like um, an athletic kind of thing. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's, that's a total different thing. But did it make you a better musician? It made you a better guitar player, mm-hmm. maybe. But did it make you a better musician? So, right, right. And and the I hustle, think there's some some validity to that. You know, there, there is. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be working hard at what we're doing. I think if it's something that's important to you, you should be putting it out there. And and if if you're doing it for sake of being busy, I'll give you an example. This might help a little bit. Why I feel the way I do. If I walk into the studio and I basically come in here and say I have to work, I have to make art. And by the time I leave the studio, I've done nothing productive. I didn't even make art. I just sat here being busy. Being busy meaning I found everything else to use to procrastinate on making a painting. You know, I overanalyze something or I take down too many notes or I don't really do something that applies. Maybe I spend too much time on Facebook thinking I'm marketing or Twitter thinking I'm marketing because that's what all the cool kids are doing. You know, that everybody's, you got to put it out there 20 times a day. And like you said, in that band, you know, you, when the band just does it too much, it's just crazy. That's what I'm getting at. I think, again, Pareto's law comes into play here. Um, I think we're just doing too much hustle. We're, we're trying to make 80% of our effort give us 20% of the results is what it feels like to me versus, you know, the other way around where, you know, 80% of your effort gives you 20% of your results. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I, hope, it does. I hope I said that right. Cause it almost feels like I didn't. I, I just, I, I really hate it that people always say they're too busy. You know, we can find time. I mean, you want to find time for the things you want. Um, I don't really know how to explain that any better than that, but as an, as a visual artist, I think it's really important to have downtime. Uh, relaxation time, time away from the easel, time away from the desk, the drawing board, whatever, just so that you can experience life a little bit. And those experiences can amplify your emotion so that when you do come back in the studio, you have uh, a bit of a freedom about you. Uh, right. You know, it just, I don't know. We talked a little bit about that last week. It's your yeah. recharge time. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Exactly. You got you to reset. You can't, you can't go a hundred miles an hour every day no you can't you can't it's uh, that's why i call it a fad i think we see other people doing it and look i love gary vaynerchuk all right i'm not saying that he's into the hustle the way some people are interpreting what he's calling the hustle for me i think um his choice to work the hours that he works and time out his day the way he does is fun for him. And I think that's, that's what matters. However, some people I think have taken that as I'll just be busy. I'll go like Gary all the time. And they're not equipped for that. Right. They're, they're not Gary, you know? So they're, they're pushing this, this hustle mentality that they have to always be doing something, but yet they're not doing any one thing very well. Does that make sense? It does. So I don't know. That's why I think it's just a fad. I think it's going to die out. I think people are going to realize that and I'm going to let my own personal views come out here. I think people are going to realize that they're, they're essential. The essentials in their life has, has to be taken care of first, you know, health, family, a place to live, good food, good experiences. And then you throw everything else on top of that. Right. If you're running on empty all the time, then, what do you have to give? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these, these podcasts, um, 
I have a lot of fun doing it. I think you do. Uh, it's fun to have people in here to do it with us. Um, really want to do something on Skype. Anybody, anybody listening wants to do something on Skype. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work out, but I have a, a kind of an idea for how that's, how that can play out and we get good audio. But, um, there are times where I'm like, you know, Oh crap, you know, I got, I got to get this done. And it's more in the edit for me. The, the act of recording it is easy for me. Right. Um, it's the, after it's over, it's like, Oh, I got till Thursday. <sighs> you know, and I, <laughs> I just put it aside, you know, now that game of Thrones is back on, I'll, you know, probably watch that before I touch it. And then I'll get into popcorn and pizza, maybe more beer. It'll be 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I'll be like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to do it now. You know? So the hustle kind of fizzles out for me and I get lazy. And I've mentioned on Twitter recently that I was lazy. Uh, I have been lazy lately. I Boy, am really too. in a rut. That's why last, the last episode was rut. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't feel it, you know, haven't been feeling it for a while. Um, but these these podcasts have uh, kind of awakened my inner mind to think about things I never really thought of before uh, in a in a public forum. You know, you don't know who's going to listen, right? I don't know who's out there half the time. Uh, I got some dude in Indonesia that listens to it all the time, and that just amazes me. You know, right? And, and I'm thankful for you, actually, yeah, if you're listening. Awesome. Um, but you know, if I was hurrying at this all the time, if we, if we crammed one more week in, you know, like uh, instead of doing one every two weeks, we did one every week. I don't know that it would have the same impact for me. Right. Uh, I do think we should probably record more, uh, in one day and have it kind of settled, but, uh, that's, that's coming. You know, we, we both have busy lives. Um, trying to think of where I was going with that because it really had a, a big impact, but you know, essential for me, essentialism is pretty big. Minimalism is, is uh, something I would like to be able to get better at. Um, I'm kind of a closet hoarder, meaning all my closets are full. Right. Um, but we talked a little bit about a book, uh, before we started the recording today, a book you got me, uh, what was about a year ago, two years yeah, ago. I think so. Um, I've read it a time or two. I, I got through the, the beginning parts of it. I don't recall a lot of it because I, I read it right away when you gave it to me. And uh, I'm not really good at paper books. I'm one of those people that I hated reading when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then when they put it on a digital platform where I could read it on my computer or my iPhone or an iPad, it became fun. I'm, I, I'm I, don't, the I don't know why I that happened. I reading it on the, on the screen. But uh but yeah, I need to get back at it. Uh, the, tell tell our listeners a little it's bit the, about uh, it. What, what's the name? It's the Life and Times of Miyamoto Masashi. I believe it's called Way of the Warrior. But, you know, he wrote a book called The Book of the Five Rings. And um, But this book I'm talking about, it's, it's the story of his life. And uh, one of his big tenets that's in The Book of the Five Rings also is uh, minimalism and, mm -hmm. and just having what you could carry, basically your clothes, you know, the money that's on you, mm -hmm. your sword, just whatever you needed and go from town to town and experience life and how possessions essentially chain you yeah. to wherever you're at. And as I've, uh, you know, amassed quite a collection of bass guitars and, mm -hmm. and, you know, things I'm, I'm a, I'm not a hoarder, but I don't like throw things out. I always think maybe I'll have a use for that. Right. So as I've gotten older, I've seen how, man, this stuff is just, all this is is a weight uh, yeah. that is that is around my neck, whether mm -hmm. spiritually or actually physically, you know, um, that's tying me to a location. Even if you don't want to leave, just the fact that, that you have these things that I can see how it can you know, affect your creativity. And and this is a guy that went on to, um, you know, he was a swordsman. He went on to, to uh, teach a school. Um on fighting and then become an artist and a writer. I mean, he was the, you know, kind of the quintessential, you know, triple threat when it, when it comes to, you know, art and philosophy. And it, it's really interesting. And he's, he's still revered to this day in, in uh, Japan has a city oh, yeah. named after him. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool, but if just uh, Google it, check, check him out. 
Miyamoto Musashi. There's a lot of good books on him, but um, I, it's interesting. And I kind of, some of the stuff that uh, they talk about in the book about him and his book that he actually wrote, um, it's it's neat to kind of parallel that with today and, yes. and my own art. And yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's it's interesting. That is cool. That is cool. I I really need to get back to that. I matter of fact, the book is in my uh, tabaret drawer over there that I I use for painting. Your tambourine drawer? You got a, a drawer just for your tambourines? <laughs> yeah, tabaret, tabaret. Yeah, tambourine. I don't know. Uh, it's where I keep my paint, and but materials and stuff. But you see, this is a you know you think about it. Um, the the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, it's it's stuff that artists and creatives have been struggling with for oh yeah hundreds of years yeah yeah you know i'm sure the first cave painter you know <laughs> thought man i need to i need to finish this this bear today and yeah, i just yeah. i don't know i'm just I, not I feeling picked, it i picked too much wall space you know <laughs> i mean i mean think about that though yeah yeah i mean we're doing it today i uh, when we first started these podcasts uh, i was getting out my uh, Mackie board and we were plugging cables into everything and we were using a headphone amp and running cables everywhere for it. And, uh, and then going into my zoom recorder today, we're just, you know, slapping a couple microphone cables into the zoom recorder and being done with it. And, and, you know, I, I do have to turn it louder for that. Maybe if I had a couple cloud lifters, um, that would, that would help a little bit with the signal, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, just being able to, put this stuff up in about 10 minutes kind of nice right and then i'll take the uh the sd card out and be done with it you know what time it is it's time to drink it's time for another beer for me oh. <laughs> <laughs> i've been sipping on one i don't yeah. even drink drink beer but this this is a well i just got them on the grass so this you know well i should say mowing the water my my yard is still just soggy as all could get out. So do you, uh, when you're painting, especially, um, do you think that alcohol helps you with that? No. Not at all? <laughs> no. Um, I, because my sessions of painting last anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours any, any given day, um, I work in 90 minute blocks and uh, take usually about a, a 20 minute, 30 minute break in between. But I find that if I drink that whole time, uh, I get a little sloppy, you know? Right. Um, beer, not so much, but if I, you know, if I have scotch here in the studio and I lose track of what I'm doing, it's, it's not hard for me to go through half a bottle of scotch if I'm not paying attention. Right. Um, Cause I know, you know, like I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be staying here painting all day and you know, I'm not affecting anybody. So I'm not driving. And, uh, I just feel like, eh, why not have another scotch? Um, yeah, it can affect me in a, in a negative way. Uh, I just, I get lazy. I also know that in fact, if I'm trying to work on stuff, um, wow, this is going to sound like I'm an alcoholic here, but if I'm trying to work on stuff, uh, a lot of times I'll say, you know what? If I get this much done by the end of the day, I'll have a beer and kind of treat it like a treat. Gotcha. You know, um, I'm one of these people that I can drink any day, any time of day <laughs> and not really, I'm a big guy, you know, right. 260 pounds. It takes a lot. And one beer is just not going to do much to me. Uh, even the beers that I drink, you know, and I'm not talking like a three, two beer or a 4% beer. I'm talking like a, six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes 13% beer, you know, they, they affect you in bad ways. Now I can relax on one or two, but, um, you know, I know precision wise when I'm painting, I just don't want to be that loose. It's not a bad thing to be loose as a painter. I'm just saying that, right. you know, um, for me, I start losing my ability to, to paint in my style. So kind of like, going from your right hand to your left hand well it's just you know it's such a big part alcohol and and to, yeah. to a, a certain extent drugs in general is such a big part of creating music and um performing music. oh yeah yeah and i mean i've only i've only played 
under the influence of alcohol, well, one and a half times. And um, I've never written on any kind of, you know, I've yeah. never taken drugs, but I've never written or tried to write, you know, under the influence of any type of drug or alcohol. But it's it's kind of weird to think about how so many artists that have created such great music, you know, he- heavily on drugs. Yeah. And then they get sober and then the music's not the, the music's same. not as good yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know how Motley Crue made it through the eighties. I really don't. And especially after watching that, that documentary oh, yeah. that, you know, I was just crazy. Ozzy for crying out oh, loud, yeah, you know, I mean, geez, that guy, but he didn't write a lot. Of, he didn't write a lot of stuff that, you know, no, that no. he did, but he performed it. And, you know, Ernest Hemingway, a writer, uh, he has been coined in saying that he, he would write, while he was drinking and edit when he was sober. So he, you know, and I, I get that. I know when I write, if I do any kind of blogging or anything, if right. I'm drinking it, it's easy. It's like my brain slows down. If I'm drumming, you know, one or two beers, uh, an hour tend to keep me not being that drummer that you want to say, Hey, can you, can you knock it off a little bit? <laughs> you know, right. it cools me down a little bit. So in that respect, probably not so bad. Painting, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, I've tried. You know, is it from the brain or from the motor skills? Is it motor what, skills? Is it, yeah. Uh, which is interesting because you know you'd think drumming would be the same way. Um, th- there's a certain level of it too. I mean, it's. I don't want to get too detailed on this, but you know, one beer, I don't feel buzzed. Two beers, I might. Three, I'm starting to get buzzed. Uh, it depends on how fast I drink them and stuff, but you know, I don't know. I, I think, uh, this is a, going to be a segue into our next one, uh, choices. I think you have choices to make, you know, how many, how many beers you, you drink or whatever, you know, um, if it affects you in a negative way, don't do it. Anything that is a block to your creativeness yeah, is not good. Absolutely. And you have to recognize that. We touched on that a little bit last week. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you got to, it, it goes uh, right along with setting the stage to be able to make art. And, you know, if, if you're doing anything to an excess that is, is a hinder to your art, why do you continue to do it? You know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> we got enough things to get in our way every day. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wrote a, a blog post yesterday. Um, I, I write one typically every Wednesday and Saturday. And Saturday's post was about uh, choices. And again, the essentialist in me that I'm trying to be is coming out here a little bit where I think life is full of choices and we have to make good choices. And uh, let me back up a little bit because I don't, I don't really I don't believe in good and bad either. It's, I'm kind of baiting myself into a corner here. But, yep, uh, yeah, you have. Um, here we go. Well, let me give you an example. Let's say say you make a choice. And at the time, it's a good choice. You're thinking, hey, this this will work out. Turns out it was a bad choice. So is it good or bad? Which is it? it is it just based on the results? Or is it based on what you decided at the time? I mean, it's a choice, right? You had, oops, sorry guys. It, it, it's a choice. Right. So why is it, it good or bad? It depends on how bad the result ends up. I think, I no. think, I think it can, can depend. This yeah. is a polarizing topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. For example, if you decide to, uh, if you're cold and you decide to make a fire in a fireplace, but you know, it's dicey and you don't have a guard and, and he's like, well, I'll go ahead and do this. And you're referring to, down. you're referring to stupid choices, well, not good or bad. Well, you know, you want to, would you been better off to stay cold? Right. Well, I, in hindsight, that turned out to be an extremely bad choice. Yeah. But, you know, okay. I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But you know, let's say, do you know who David Prowse is? Uh, that rings a bell. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm giving Paul a funny look. Like, yeah, really? T- it rings a bell. Okay. Anyway. I just hit my head on the road, you All know, right. two years ago. So. so some of you know that uh, Peter Mayhew passed away oh, yeah. uh, April 30th. And for those of you who don't know the name 
Peter Mayhew. He played Chewbacca on Star Wars. He was uh, seven foot three inches tall. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's just amazing. He was an orderly at a hospital in London, and uh, George Lucas needed somebody to play this big furry guy because David Prowse, who he originally had planned to play Chewbacca, actually wanted to be Darth Vader. So we don't really know. We don't. Uh, non geeks like me, nerds, whatever you want to call us. Um. The, the people who know a lot about Star Wars probably know these names pretty well. But, um, you know, I never heard of David Prowse because I thought James Earl Jones was Darth Vader. <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, I knew he wasn't that tall, but, you know, uh, growing up listening to it, that's the voice of Darth Vader was um, James Earl Jones. But the guy who played him in the movies was David Prowse. Now, had David Prowse not made the choice to play Darth Vader, Peter Mayhew would never have been given the opportunity to play Chewbacca. Had he decided not to answer the casting call, he would have been an orderly at hospital in London. So never mind the whole good and bad part about all this. Um, a series of choices were made. And uh, I think there's a, without getting too Star Wars-like, there's a force at play here. You know, you're, you're kind of in there thinking in your own mind, I have a choice to make. And all through today's podcast, I know this is going to get deep here for a second. All, all through today's podcast, we talked a little bit about uh, Pareto's Law, Cinco de Mayo, beer, uh, alcohol, how it affects you, and uh, all kinds of different things. But I really want to dig into this choices thing because you're, as you move along into your choices, you, you can use these tactics to your advantage. So back to what I was saying originally about the different art forms I do in terms of, um, or media, I should say, oil, graphite, charcoal, pen and ink, and watercolor. Technically, if one is doing 80% of my, or if one is providing me with 80% of the revenue, but I'm only working on it 20% of the time, I really think I have a choice to make. You know, do I, do I lay off of the oils? Do I stop doing that? You know, do I, whatever. And, and for anybody listening, who knew me as a photographer, as a commercial photographer, editorial photographer, uh, or even an editor back in the day when I was doing editing for um, wedding photographers and and uh, portrait photographers and you know the grip and grin people. No offense. Um, you know, I had a choice to make. Eighty percent of my revenue was coming from paintings, not uh, making photos. I still enjoy making photos, but photography actually worked out to be something that benefits me as an artist too. I can document my own process. I can get my own reference photos. I can take my own photos of my art and share it. So there's a, there's a trade-off there for me. I still do it as if I'm a commercial editorial type of a uh, photographer, but I do it as me, the subject and my art as the subject. So it was a choice I made. I've had quite a few people not really agree with it. In fact, if you go to my website, worthphoto.com, it still has photography, but it also has my art. So it's a little bit weird in that respect. I'm working on changing that. Where I'm going with this, and I'm, I'm really interested in your take on it. At what point, especially regionally, does your music go down a different path because of a choice? Well... It's kind of what you decide you want to do. If I want to stay busy and play every weekend, then I got to fit into a certain type of box. And, um, you know, we've touched on this before as well. It's like yeah. if, if you want to, if you want to be a working musician around here, uh, and make decent money, you got to play the covers and and play the the you know four hour mm -hmm. 
bar thing. And I mean, there's a lot of good bands that do that already. Um, I just not for me. It's not for a lot of people. I made the conscious choice that uh, I wasn't going to do that. And it could just cause it wasn't for me. Yeah. And uh, also in a way, part of it wasn't all choice. Cause I don't really have the talent for that. You yeah. Know, there's just, it's a whole different yeah, skill level. A, yeah. Different. Yeah. So you also make the choice of if, if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to get serious about it and make it the, uh, your sole focus and you're going to put all your eggs in the basket, you're probably not going to want to stay here. You're going to want to move, move somewhere where you can network a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, even with the internet, it's, it's not the same as, as being there and being in the clubs in Nashville or New York, or, you know, if you're serious about being a session musician, uh, you're, it's going to be real hard to make a living and do that here. So, I mean, well, the hard question that I need to get at because it almost feels like you're tap dancing on this a little bit. And I w- really want to push this. Push it. Because um, I, I really think it's going to help people listening. You know, both you and I do other things to make ends meet. Um, that's a choice. <clears throat> and I'm okay with the choice. It's something I do that, you know, I, I value health care. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, uh, strokes have a big part of my life. Um, so I want good health care for my family. They pay artists in Amsterdam just to be artists. I'm pretty sure. Don't they? Yeah, they do. But uh, that same person who had a stroke once, she doesn't want to move, yeah. <laughs> so, which I don't blame her. She loves it here. Um, I, I want to mention a quote before I get too deep into this. Victor Frankel. He's a Frankel, maybe Uh, he's from, I don't know, Austrian. He's an Austrian neurologist and psychologist. Hmm, Interesting. I really try to cram too much in my brain for these podcasts. I'm going to figure out something else. Intern. We need an intern. intern. (laughs) Anyway, Mr. Frankel, Frankel, he, uh, he made a quote. It's a very stoic quote and I like it. Uh, but Victor, before we get too deep into this, if you want to look up Victor Frankl, he is a polarizing figure. Some people don't like him. Um, he was Jewish during the Nazi invasion. So um, there's some stuff in there I don't want to get into because even the um, some people in the Jewish community just really don't like him. Uh, I don't want to go there. So I'm going to skip over that. But he... He had a really good quote that I think really plays into choices. It says everything, and I'm, I'm quoting here, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. End of quote. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. I, the, the reason I, thought about this quote quite a bit in terms of choices. You and I, we give up a certain set of freedoms to make ends meet. And I think there's a lot of people listening who might be working another job to make ends meet. They want to be an artist all the time, but they make these choices that take away some of these freedoms. And essentially back to essentialism, essentially you have to make a choice of what makes you happy. Now, I would love to go in Monday, give my resignation letter and say, you know, guys, I'm making a choice. Uh, I like to work in here, um, but it's not for me anymore. Uh, I can't. And I, I get hammered on a lot on social media when I put things out like, I just want to know how other people do it. I want to understand how are you able to do this as your sole income, right? You know, and a lot of times I get, feedback like, well, you need to sell prints for $50 a piece, or, uh, you need to do this and keep your prices low. And then I read books. It's, you know, I read a lot of books. I read books that say you need to paint 20 paintings a year that sell and doing the math, $400,000 is your revenue point. So you can cover your healthcare and your uh, standard of living and, and these sorts of things. That means I got to sell something for $20,000 a piece. 
And then Pareto's law comes into effect. I mean, this really starts to add up in right. my head. And this, this whole episode, this episode 10 that we're putting together, there's a reason why I picked these three things. And this is the hard question. If we're going to be essentialist on this, do we work for less and live on less for happiness or the other way around? Do we use Pareto's law and start to take these tactics and say, this is what I have to do? I mean, this is a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around because part of my happiness exists because I've given up freedoms 40 hours a week. So I don't know. I mean, he said it himself, Mr. Frankel, (laughs) right? Uh, We can have an attitude with it. I mean, you can go to work. You can do your making ends meet thing, have a bad attitude the whole time. And I'm saying bad, even though I don't believe in good and bad. I'm saying it as in you have a terrible disposition about your attitude and you show up and you just really don't like it. Um, We've all been there. I've been really pissed off this week because of beard length and hair length. You know, (laughs) I'm not kidding. I was ready to fuck somebody up when they told me, you got to cut your hair. No, I don't. You know, (laughs) so it's and I know why they're doing it. They're making a choice right, for safety, which I'm all for. I don't want to see somebody get their scalp torn off. I don't want to see somebody get their chin pulled off in rotating mass. Yeah. You know, it's a and big it deal. Can ha- it, can it can happen. So, I mean, you know, it's a freedom that we give up for that. I want my hair growing a lot longer. I want my beard longer. Yeah. But, you know, I got to get ball sleep. <laughs> It'll be back. I, I don't know. I mean, we got a lot of choices here. Look, I, man, I, you're it, making a, 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 it's a choice for me, my, my 40, well, my 50 hours a week now. Uh, yeah. it, it, uh, <laughs> it, it's there. Part of that is it's subsidizing me be, being able to make music on my terms. Yeah. So yeah, I would not be happy um, if I was, I'm not. I'm not going to be be able to make a living right now, playing the kind of music I want to play and right. the kind of schedule that I would want to do. Playing. I don't want to play that much music. I don't want to play that kind of music or whatever. So, to me, when I go to work, I'm going to work to help me be able to do what I want to do on yeah. my terms. So it's a little easier to have a better attitude if you look at it. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of where I'm going with this. When you have your choices, you know, I'm not saying you can't be free at all. And in fact, I think every human being on this planet should strive to do things that make them feel free and be free. You know, I'm, I'm a very charismatic person when it comes to, I'm free to choose. I'm free to do what I want. Nobody's going to tell me. I mean, within limits of the law, obviously. But mm. well, maybe. Yeah. Oh, we go. I got the burps already. I don't there's something in this beer. Carbonation. Yeah. There, <laughs> look how we use science. Right. But um, you know, that works for me. And, you know, obviously that's yeah. that's something that is working for you. And that's a yeah. daily that's a yeah. daily thing, I, I yeah. think, knowing you that that you think about and it's a trade off. But for some some people out there, there's there's an artist getting up right now and thinking, you know what, to hell with this, and yeah. they want to, they're going to quit their job and they're just going to make pictures full time, or yeah. they're going to yep. paint, or they're going to take their base and they're going to go to L.A. and try to break into the yeah. studio scene. Do you think they're better artists than the rest of us? That's the part I'm having trouble with here. That's that's kind of where I'm going with this. Are they are they just better at what they do? Are they willing to live on less? Are they you know? You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, but I mean, we've talked about, we've touched on on uh, timing and and no matter how good you are, there's somebody better that no one has ever heard of at what you do. There, There's right. a guy, there's a guy probably within 16 miles of where we're sitting right now that c- can paint like you've never seen before. Right, he's great. And no one will, no one will ever, I know for a fact that there's musicians within 16 miles of here that, yeah. that you've never heard of and that I might may have seen one time right. that can play circles around anybody that yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I don't think packing up and, um, and put going all in makes you a better artist, but I think on a 
there's a certain amount of, I think, um, you it it makes you a special kind of person. Yeah, I have a lot of admiration for people right. like that. I really do. Right. Um, now, I've also heard people say, like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you got a job now, you can always get a job later. Right. Yeah, that's true. In our area, we're very chained down to the jobs that we have. There's because, a handful of great jobs. Yeah, and, we, and we as get as they paid are very well. You know, we, we yeah. have we yeah. have a couple of them. That's yeah. what makes. I mean, the more th- this is why I sit here and I think to myself, you know, if you go through these life choices and you get to a place in life where you're you're comfortable, you're it's going to be hard to make choices because you're already comfortable. Right. Yeah. If I was 20 years old and I was doing this right now, I'd be like, shoot, man. (laughs) Right. And it depends on what you want to do. If I still, if I, you know, there was a time when I thought that I was going to, uh, I was going to break into the studio scene and, and, uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to play bass on other people's records. I just thought that that was neat, but I wasn't willing to put in that kind of work. Yeah. And, and I would have had to move and I had certain things tying me here, but I, I could have done it in my twenties if yeah. I really wanted to. Yeah. I made a choice and exactly. And it is exactly. what it is. But if somebody's got that burning inside of them and they're working at you know, they're working a, a minimum wage job and and there's do it. I mean Yeah, absolutely. You should yeah, you, do it. You I'm, really need to look at your options. I don't want to discourage anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think there's some relative struggle here. If you're working someplace, I need to say this this way. If you're working someplace, and I'm using my 46 years of experience of life, if you're working someplace that, um, and you're young, but if you're working someplace that is abundant everywhere, right? I'm not not picking on skill level here. It's not not where I'm going with this. But what I'm saying is, if it's a job that's very common, and we all know what they are. I mean, like, you know, if you're, if you're working at a fast food place or you're putting subs together. I changed oil for $8 an hour. Exactly. If you're doing something that is close to minimum wage or at minimum wage, um, maybe a little bit better than minimum wage, but you know, based on your skills, you can do that again somewhere else, anywhere else in the country. And you feel like something here in your location, wherever it is you are, is holding you back from doing the things you love. Put some money back, make a choice, go do something for yourself. And if at the worst case, it's not failure at all. I don't, I don't see it as failure because you tried, but you might succeed. <laughs> you might not fail. Right. And you'll be living it. And then next month you try a little harder. Next month you do a little bit more. And then by the time you get to 46 years old, like I am, you're not looking at a career as being an anchor and you're passion being a side hustle and I'm saying side hustle because that's exactly what it is and at times I'm being really brutal on myself here for a second at times it feels like I've sacrificed my entire adult life to wait on retirement when I knew all along it was a bad choice um I didn't know about Pareto's law. I've known about it for quite some time, but I didn't didn't know about it then. I didn't know about a lot of things growing up. I didn't listen to people older than me. I didn't listen to successful people very much. I still don't. I still have a lot of trouble with it. What I have trouble with the most now is when I put information out on the internet and someone comes back out of goodness. I know it's out of goodness for the most part. I think most people are out of goodness on this. They don't want to be terrible. I I think they just missed the mark. You know, um, I have a certain amount of debt that needs to be covered. I have a certain amount of standard of living that needs covered in the United States. We have to pay for our own health care. It's not tax deferred like it is on your paycheck. If you work for a company, you do get to defer in Ohio, 7% of your, your tax costs uh, or your, your cost of health care. But, uh, I've been quoted as high as $28,000 for my personal health care to be comparable to what we have at our jobs. Which isn't that great. No. <laughs> and I know my out-of-pocket is somewhere around um, 10000 a year because once I factor in 
prescriptions and stuff like that. So I might as well just say $36,000 a year to be a nice conservative number for me in healthcare. Well, I can tell you that $36,000 a year is going to cost me probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $200,000 of revenue as an artist. That's insane because I want $36,000 a year to live on net cash. There's another 200,000. If I want a cushion so I can buy a car <laughs> or live a little bit better, you know, I throw another $100,000 a year. So we're looking at half a million dollars of revenue from 20 paintings, by the way, that sell just if I want to get there. Now, yeah, I know there's people out there probably listening right now going, this dude's on crack. He has no idea what he's talking about. His, his math is wrong. No, I'm a nerd, man. I know math. <laughs> I, I sit and look at these numbers all the time. That's why I made the choice I have where I'm, I'm saying this is what I'm doing until retirement. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, it's, it's important to me that my wife has good health coverage. It's important to me that we have the things we want. If I want to go out and buy a weed eater because my weeds are getting too big, I want to not worry about how I'm going to pay for the weed eater. And locally, there's not a lot of people spending more than $600 on a painting. I can't make a living selling $25 prints. So yeah, I might be wrong in a lot of respects to the people who are trying to tell me on social media, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, uh, any of these, you know what I'm talking about. Um, trying to share the things that you're trying to share, but you know, to each their own, we're all kind of in our own place. And again, with my life experience, if you're young and you, you're not making a lot of money now, what are you waiting on? Do it, give it a shot. You know, if you have a family, you have a choice to make. <laughs> right. If you have responsibilities, you have a choice to make. But if you're living in mom and dad's basement, eating hot pockets and you're really good at something, why are you in mom and dad's basement? You know, yeah. I don't know. This could really get bad quickly in this conversation. I know I'm probably discouraging somebody out there, but I hope I'm inspiring somebody as well. It's, it's really important to me. Nobody should be discouraged. I mean, you know what you kind of miss though, when you're going through these different things, what you got, got to have money for and, and, through the list, you know, one thing you're not worried about having money for right now is some money to do your next painting. Yeah. I'm not worried about, you know, how am I going to change bass strings tomorrow? Or, right. you know, how am I going to be able to record this song? Yep. You know, that's what my job does. It, it subsidizes that. And yep. if I, yep. if I gave all that up, am I more of an artist because I've went somewhere and, you know, I'm trying to get in this scene that, may or may not work out for me. Yep. And now I'm, I'm worried about, I'm, I'm worried about where my next cheeseburgers come from. I'm worried about how I'm going to afford to make art. Yep. I think it's been a good episode. Even well, of though, course you think that we were involved well, in it. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I love you 3000. <laughs> you just had to bring up cheeseburgers. Didn't you? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had five guys last night. The, did you? The, the, the <laughs> restaurant. I had five guys in my mouth. I did. Oh. I don't go there very often. It's expensive. And the last guy just left. I, not that there's anything wrong with having five guys in your mouth. I mean, that's whatever makes you happy. But oh shoot, this. I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk in today's episode that might be a little bit dry for some people. It might be a little bit too depressing. I don't know. I don't I, think I just, so. I, I think we're trying to, you know, I don't live in a big city. You know, we don't live in a big city. So um, there's there's just a lot out there that I don't know. I'm trying to understand. Uh, I would love to be able to walk away from everything I do and only paint, you know, I but I also realize there's not there's not some guy out there waiting for me to make a painting so he can buy it for a hundred thousand right. dollars. You know, I got to get there. And for the people who think, well, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? I I've been a professional painter for twenty years. Right. <laughs> it's not an overnight success here. <laughs> so, and I remember, you know, 
five years old drawing pictures that you know look good. I I actually have uh, in my collection here somewhere. I don't know where it is at the moment. I think it's in my storage compartment. But uh, a painting, a drawing, actually a, a graphite drawing of three cowboys wrestling down a bronco, trying to get him tamed in a pen. And if I remember right, I actually got the photo reference from one of my grandpa's National Geographic magazines, which I looked at all the time when I was a kid for some reason. Me too, but for different reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I was 12 years old. I dated it. I put it in there and I, I was amazed, you know, because I just drew it from what I saw. I, there's no tracing involved. There's no, I just never really enjoyed I didn't think it was right to trace, you know, I uh, didn't have any special techniques. And here, when I do a painting today, it's like I, I have to overanalyze the canvas. I have to think about the the ratio and the golden mean and all these other things. And before I put the first color on the canvas, I'm analyzing, is that color even right? And there I was, 12 years old, just cranking out shit like it was, you know. Children are the best artists. Yeah. And every medium. And it was good. It wasn't terrible. What, well, actually, it was it was good. It was better than most of the stuff I keep, see by keep adults. Keep it simple. Don't right? don't overanalyze it. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope you got something out of today. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo. I know by the time we post this, it's not going to be Cinco de Mayo anymore. It's but Cinco de Mayo somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. It's only going to be May fifth once <laughs> this year. Uh, we got September sixteenth if you want to celebrate. Mexican culture and drink some beer and all that. Uh, actually, you can do that anytime. Just go to mo- just go to a restaurant, enjoy it, have some friends over. Anyway, that's all I got. Paul, you got anything else? Go to mgflash.com, man. Oh, that was good. Check us out. That was good. So much I, I want to see if this translates <laughs> into hits and downloads and yeah, check yeah, out our music. Yeah. If you uh, if you go to mgflash.com and you find a way to contact somebody or you can let them know that you went there. Let them know that you went there because you heard it on the podcast. I'd, I'd be interested in that. I want to hear it. Um, Maybe I'll send you something for free. That's a possibility. In fact, Maybe you get a CD. I will throw out a pack of postcards if you do that. I'll, I'll give Paul a pack of postcards. Oh, I love it. All he has to do is send them. So the first person that does that. Make it but happen. you, but you got to send it to MG Flash, not to me. Yep. So and I'll eat the postage. I'll send you a CD yeah. and uh, give a and pack, of postcards. pack of postcards. Pack postcards. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Uh, you can find me on MichaelWorth.com. It's M I C H A E L W A R T H dot com. Uh, that's all I got. Is is that Worth or Worth? It is Worth. Worth. Yeah. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> Not wrath. I know I get that all the time. All right, let's go. Let's finish these beers. All See right, you let's guys. Do this. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>